This is Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN 927's digital channel Carnival. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel in Melbourne, Carnival. Also via rsn.net.au and the RSN Racing and Sport app. This podcast is also available via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, the iHeartRadio website and app, Deezer, and at WARFradio.com. Coming up on this week's episode, we're going to be chatting with Becky Emerton from the Calgary Kookaburras to talk about how footy is restarting again in Canada post the COVID-19 pandemic. But first, here's the latest women's footy news. We begin in Victoria with concerning news out of the NAB League girls competition as reported by Sam Landsberger of the Herald Sun that as of next year, one coach will look after both the girls and boys NAB League teams in each region with one season leading into another. Now, the AFL will hire these coaches as full-timers, but the coaches from the NAB League girls competition from the 2020 season will not be able to apply for the coaching positions as the AFL is advertising them internally only. The NAB League girls coaches contracts expired at the end of May and that rules them out as in-house applicants. Only AFL employees will be considered for the full-time roles and that means the NAB League boys coaches and region talent managers who had been part-time must reapply for their positions. Let's focus now on the AFLW competition and the Brisbane Lions has won the race to sign cross-code athlete Courtney Hodder. Courtney, of course, came originally from WA where she was a three-time under-18 All-Australian selection before focusing on rugby in the Super W competition. She signed with the Brisbane Lions late last week and here she is talking to the media, audio courtesy of the Brisbane Lions. So I moved to Queensland last year now so I've been here for a year. Um, Ali Anderson actually contacted me to start off with. Um, my dad had spoken a little bit to her um, and then maybe three weeks ago I touched base with Craig and said hey look I'm interested to get back involved. Um, is it possible that I can I can join you guys and he quickly got back to me and here I am today. It was I was pretty um, stoked and shocked that it's happened so fast. The St Kilda Football Club held the AFLW Club Best and Fairest over the weekend and it finished in a four-way tie. Sharing the honours were Rosie Dillon, Caitlin Greiser, Georgia Petruchios and Olivia Vesely, all on 37 votes, ahead of Nat Exxon on 28 votes and Rhiannon Watt on 26. And the Western Bulldogs uh, advertising for an AFLW assistant coach Applications close on the 13th of September. Across the Sanford women's competition, as we reported last week, there was an investigation into a case of mistaken identity that may have cost Anne Hatchard uh, joint honours in the uh, Sanford women's best and fairest. The investigation has concluded there was a case of mistaken identity and three votes from the round five match between North Adelaide and Sturt have been awarded to Anne Hatchard. She had 42 possessions in that match and that means there is joint winners now for the 2020 Sample Women's League Best and Fairest. Anne Hatchard of North Adelaide sharing the honours with West Adelaide's Rochelle Martin. And continuing on with Sample Women's news, there will be a Sample Women's All-Stars match showcasing some of the 
League Best Young and Mature SA Talent ahead of the draft on October 6th. Speaking to the Sandfall website, his SA Talent Manager, Robbie Neal. Well, uh, in liaison with the, with the AFL, um, the, they're very keen for us to, to hold a, an All-Stars match, which will um, basically put on show our best uh, Sample W senior talent, um, combined with uh, a number of our up-and-coming um, under-18 uh, state players who missed out on a, on a national um, championship this year. So basically you're looking at around 50 of the, the best Sample W players um, playing in a game, which is uh, going to give us great exposure. There's going to be live streaming to it, um, some terrific coaches involved. And, uh, and preceding that will be a, a, a Crows and Power NGA under 16 game at Seven Oval. So it's going to be a, a terrific night for the female footy um, in total. And uh, that'll be held on, um, on Friday, the 11th of September. And that's your latest women's footy news. Been playing for a while. Sweet kicks Cos footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go the extra mile. Sweet Kicks Football. And now joining us on the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast here on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival is our feature guest for this week. She's calling in all the way from Alberta, Canada, where, yes, they've got footy happening up there as well. It's great to have on the line from the Calgary Kookaburras, it's Becky Emerton. Becky, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks so much for having us on today. Great to have you on the line, and as a jealous Victorian down here in Australia, how is it to be playing football again? Oh, it's been great. I mean, uh, at the beginning of this year, we were very um, uh, unsure about what the the season was going to look like, but uh, luckily with uh, Alberta Health Services and their guidelines that they've been able to give us, uh, we've been really uh, happy and grateful that we've been able to at least get a kick out this season. Now, the Calgary Kookaburras, of course, play in AFL Canada, part of AFL Alberta, and have played in the US AFL Nationals, which we've covered a number of times. But for yourself, Becky, where did your football journey begin? Uh, it began about four years ago. I had a couple of friends who were on the team, and I'd always played rugby and soccer um, in my previous sporting background, and it was just something that I'd never seen before uh, or uh, even even watched. So when I went out to a, a, a game just to watch on the sidelines, it was, a, it was a great game to watch, and I wanted to get involved. The uh, Calgary Kookaburras are definitely one of the most welcoming and friendly football teams I've ever been a part of, and just having uh, their... Um, welcomeness and uh, wanting to include everybody was really my uh, kickoff to, to playing the sport and I've just loved it ever since. 
And we should mention that Calgary's a large club, and like we see, in, for example, in the United States and, uh, for example, San Francisco, where you've got the Golden Gate Ruse, which is the men's, but the Iron Maidens are the women. In Portland, you've got the uh, Sockeyes, which are the women, and the Steelheads, which are the men. Very similar situation in Calgary, where, of course, the Kookaburras is the women's side, but you've also got the men's side attached being the Kangaroos. Absolutely, yeah, and that's what's really helped uh, both of our teams uh, develop and grow over the years. The Kookaburras came around in 2007, um, and uh, the the Roos were a couple of years before, so to have just a a couple of uh, women looking to bring Australian sport to Canada and um, wanting to to make a a Calgary Kookaburras team for the females was was where we all started, really. And then uh, we have um, trainings with the Kangaroos, so we're able to use a lot of the the men's experience, as a lot of them are Australians, and uh, very few of the the Kookaburras are Australian. Some of them are, but most of us are Canadian or European. Um, so to be able to have that uh, background where these guys have been playing since you know they could walk, it's uh, great to be able to join the clubs together and really grow together and do everything um, as, a, as a city. And you mentioned yourself, you had a, a rugby and a soccer background. Um, also, uh, another area which we see recruitment out of, uh, particularly in North America, for those uh, transitioning across to Aussie rules, is out of a Gaelic background. We do see that. Um, whereabouts have the Kookaburras been focusing their recruitment on? Well, this year, um, we've definitely focused on rugby. Unfortunately, Rugby Canada... Um, haven't been able to get off the ground in terms of COVID-19 and their training and games. Um, so really the rugby players in Calgary, which are a lot, there's lots and lots of rugby teams here in Calgary, uh, we've been able to focus our recruitment on them and say, listen, you can't play rugby this year, you know, uh, uh, the normal way that you would do as in previous years. Why don't you come out, try uh, Australian rules football and, and see what you think. I mean, the ball is very similar shape and we're still uh, full contact. So we've had a lot of girls this year come out from rugby clubs who haven't been able to play a sport as they normally would. And they've thoroughly enjoyed it and really seen the, the link there between rugby and uh, Aussie rules. We'll go through that in a moment uh, with present day, how the uh, actual numbers are coming in uh, post the startup from uh, COVID-19. But rewinding back a little bit, and I guess that touches on how you first began with the Calgary Kookaburras. Um, how hard is it and how long does it take to start to adapt to the skills of the game where, unlike naturally here in Australia, where we grow up with it, it's everywhere. Plus, uh, it's very easy to have four posts at an oval anywhere that you go to, and it's very easy to go to a sports store and pick up a footy, how hard is it to try and get to uh, develop your skills quickly in Calgary when it's not that easy to not only find the four goalposts, but obviously find a footy? Exactly, yeah. And I think um, that's another reason why both the Kookaburras and the Kangaroos are so inclusive. You know, we're very grateful that we have a few fields around um, the city uh, that are big enough to be able to, to hold, you know, 18 aside. Uh, the fact that uh, we've been lucky enough with AFL Canada and the grants that we've been able to, to have to purchase equipment and things that we're able to really have that focus on encouraging people to come and play because we do have the equipment, we do have uh, the field and we've got the experience and expertise to do it. Um, I mean, the um, the women uh, especially, we're always welcoming people to come and play um, even if they've never kicked a ball or, you know, their background, they don't really have any sporting background. Uh, we're, we have um, amazing coaches and amazing uh, players who are, are 
moving into more of a coaching role um, to just really start from, from start them from basic um, movement and handballing and kicking. And then we're lucky enough to, to be able to have tournaments across North America where, you know, it doesn't matter what experience you have. If you want to come play a game, we're going to put you on the field. And, and that's the only way really that we feel that we can keep the team growing and, and get more players um, as the seasons go by. Let's talk about that opportunity to play prior, obviously, to COVID-19 hitting. Um, obviously, if you go across to the eastern part of Canada, uh, Toronto in Ontario has got its own five-team competition. They can play regularly. There's a three-team competition out of Quebec. Uh, for yourselves, um, I guess the opportunities are limited. Edmonton close nearby. Vancouver. Vancouver obviously gets to play Seattle a lot. So what do you do and how hard is it to, in normal circumstances, make up a schedule? So under normal circumstances, what we try and do is we try and split the Calgary team into two. So we've been lucky enough to have enough players to be able to do that. And sometimes we don't necessarily always have um, 18 aside, but we make it work. We'll bring the, the poles in to make it a smaller field and um, to make sure that people can play. Uh, we tend to split ourselves up at the very beginning of the season. So we will have a jumping presentation night where the um the coaches and the and the management uh, sort of side of the team see who we've had uh, in previous years and then the newbies that are on board, make sure that we're able to, to split those up um, fairly. And then we have one team which are called the Nighthawks and the other team which is called the Kingfishers. So when we're playing Metro games within Calgary, we will play each other um, with those two teams. And then, uh, like you say, we're lucky enough to have Edmonton in Alberta um, and uh some of the girls uh, either come down to Calgary for the Stampede Cup, which happens in July, and then we will go up, which, funny enough, it would have been this weekend that we would have gone up to Edmonton and had the Capital Cup up there. Um, but obviously it didn't happen this year, but we're, we're always um, excited when we can play a, a, another team um, and uh, uh, Nighthawks and Kingfishers become the Kookaburras again, and then we play uh, the Edmonton um, Emus and then the boys play the Wombats as well. So it's a, it's a great way of being able to keep games going throughout the season in, in a metro fashion and then work towards those bigger tournaments, um, like you say, uh, within North America. We've seen, obviously, in the United States, uh, they were meant to have a, a full schedule, not only with the International Cup that was meant to be held this year, but their regionals got wiped out. And, of course, the Nationals got wiped out, which Calgary sometimes participates in. Um, prior to COVID-19 putting a halt to everything, what were the original plans for, for Calgary for this year? So every year we're lucky enough to have tournaments across North America and uh, we're also very lucky to have a lot of our players in Team Canada. So like you say, a lot of those players were training and uh, getting ready for the International Cup, which would have obviously been, been held around about now. Um, and uh, so we had um, we had that sort of framework going into the beginning of the year back in January. We have uh, tournaments in Banff. So whenever there's players in um, Banff that are able to play and in Canmore, so the Canadian Rockies, essentially, that we're lucky enough to have a lot of Australians out there who, who love to come and play at an annual tournament. And then on top of that, we then head over to Kelowna, which is in British Columbia, um, and we play the Vancouver Vixens. Um, and then we normally try and organize um, a game with Seattle or Portland, um, which uh, hopefully we, we were going to have them up to Stampede Cup this year, which is uh, um, happens in July. And that's one of our biggest tournaments of the year to be able to, to get everybody into Calgary. And then we have the, 
the the fun times at the Stampede. So obviously this was the first year in in ever <laughs> that uh, the Stampede didn't happen, and and that was the same for all of our tournaments as well. So we've been um, we've definitely had to adapt this year in in terms of uh, changing the tournaments and the, and the dates and what we were going to do in terms of training. What obviously we've seen here in Australia was around about mid-March, everything come to a grinding halt, not only AFLW and AFL, but all the grassroots leagues that were starting up had to stop or, or not start at all. A ramp up, depending on what state you were in, was taking place around early to mid-June. Some competitions back by early to late July. Obviously, here in the state of Victoria, there was ex- expectation something might happen in July. And, of course, due to restrictions, everything was called off here. So can you paint us a picture of, of what happened in Alberta? Um, when did things come to a halt? And how long a wait was it until things started to uh, proceed to a ramp-up? Yeah, so we were very similar in in that sort of time frame. Uh, we were lucky enough that in uh, January and early February, we had what we always have is indoor training. And that was just before COVID-19 restrictions came in. So we were able to get together after having a, a, a short winter break um, to get inside and, and uh, find those gyms around Calgary that we, we can do our indoor training, handballing, kicking, um, and just generally welcoming new players to free intro to footy sessions. Um, and then with the hard work of the executive committees for both the kangaroos and the kookaburras, uh, we were able to get a training schedule underway that began on the July 1st. So we were starting training then, and then we decided to get straight into it and have a summer cup, which began on July 8th. So really, we spent July and August um, training and then also having um, a game. So that was, like I mentioned before, splitting the kookaburras up into two teams and playing playing each other, um, obviously keeping very much um, in line with Alberta Health Services and their restrictions and guidelines um, and being able to play each other and, and still get out and have a kick and, and have fun. Um, it was, uh, it was a, a definite thing that we all needed during lockdown and Obviously, as lockdown was lifted, we could uh, get into to more action, if you like. And we've been really grateful that we've been able to do that with the help of the Kangaroos as well as uh, AFL Canada. And what has that training been like as well, um, originally going back from COVID-19? Obviously, here in Australia, we've had the pod situation where... Uh, a, teams would be essentially broken up into three. If you've got your 30 players, it'll be three groups of tens, mids, forwards, backs. It'll be in their own separate groups, at their own sections of the ground. Um, if a ball went into another area, uh, no one from another group could get it. You had to get your own ball and essentially you had to be disinfected and all of that and, and back to playing and you couldn't use... Obviously, there's no change rooms there in Calgary. You had to jump in your car and obviously go back home. Um what is the situation like when it comes to training, when it comes to contact and separation, or are you back to almost a uh, pre-COVID-19 situation? No, definitely not. <clears throat> We're not quite back to the original times, uh, but we've been very strict with our COVID-19 regulations because obviously we want to keep going, we want to keep training, and we don't want to be shut down uh, by our personal health services or get anyone sick, more importantly. So uh, we've been able to keep some very strict guidelines and precautions. Uh, so just to give you an idea, at the very beginning, uh, when we first started doing training, uh, end of July, beginning of sorry, end of June, beginning of July, uh, we made sure that when we were playing, we had our own ball. So we would turn up to training and 
two hours before, we would ask every player to complete a COVID-19 screening form, which I'm sure everybody is aware of, just sort of asking the, the regular questions in terms of COVID-19. Um, as, as long as you said no to all the questions, you were able to come along. We had a hand sanitizing station where we had antibacterial gel um, to make sure that both your hands were clean and also we would clean the, the footy that we would be playing with. And then for that training, you would only have that one footy. You wouldn't be able to share. So it actually worked out really well in terms of being able to, to do training. I think we were all a bit... Uh, cognizant that it, that it could be a bit tricky, but it actually worked out really well. We did kicking in the post and just generally uh, fitness training with that. So it, it worked out quite well at the beginning. And then as time went on, obviously lockdown got um, eased even further. So that meant that we were able to start training together. Same, same concept in terms of there was a certain amount of people. We had to make sure that we were, we were below 50 um, uh, because that, at the time that was the Alberta Health Services guidelines. And then uh, we would do the same. So every session, even to this day, every session or game, you have to fill out the COVID-19 screening form. You have to make sure that you sanitize your hands and that you're just generally being, you know, very careful about not coming to training if you're not feeling well and uh, making sure that we're, we're keeping everybody safe. So even though it has eased slightly and we are able to play full contact games now later on in the season, um, it was definitely uh, an interesting start to the season with um, keeping everything very much isolated and, and following the guidelines set out. It seems to be pretty consistent across the board, similar to here in Australia, where you have to have that COVID safety officer, i.e. a volunteer that has to take that paperwork filled out by everyone. And not only that, but obviously to see that everyone's uh, maintaining social distancing and as well to keep everyone's contact details, should obviously if there be a positive test. Absolutely. And we're really lucky that we have quite a few nurses on the team. So they stepped up. They were really great this season. They're still doing it now. There are safety officers who turn up to the training a little bit earlier than everybody else, set up the hand sanitizing station, uh, make sure that everybody who comes, you know, they, they trickle onto the field, as you all know, with training, not everything starts at the same time. Um, and everybody's just asked. Um, with that COVID-19 screening form, obviously all your contact information is put in there. So if we were to have an outbreak, at least we know that, you know, this many people were training, who they were and what day that we, we realised that something was wrong. Luckily, and touch wood, we haven't had that situation. But like you say, that's just something that we've got to be very careful of um, and, and keep that going for as long as possible. Now, you've had your Summer Cup schedule. You're now going through your Fall Cup schedule, or should we say Autumn for here in Australia. Um, out of that, is that now full contact football as opposed to, which we've seen photos from AFL Quebec's competition where at the moment they're uh, still at flag football stage? Yeah, so for the Fall Cup, this will be full contact. Um, there are some players who have decided to not play, which is obviously absolutely their right. Um, and uh, realizing that it is full contact, you know, with with their occupation or just feeling more comfortable just coming to trainings where there's no contact. Uh, we've been obviously very flexible and open to people wanting to play or, or not wanting to play. So the full cup will be full contact. Um, and uh, but obviously keeping very much to the guidelines of filling out the screening forms and definitely not coming if you're not feeling well. So we're looking forward to trying to get as many games in as possible. We had our first one last Wednesday, and the next one is tomorrow night. 
Um, and then fingers crossed that Calgary keeps off our snowfall because sometimes we can be unlucky in September and it can get quite cold and, and snowy. Uh, fingers crossed we can make it all the way through to September 23rd, which will be our, our final Paul Cup round five. Um, and that will probably be the, the end of our season uh, before the winter comes in. <laughs> I guess the trickiest part also for the club um, is fundraising, uh, particularly for businesses affected uh, by COVID-19, for example, having to shut down. Uh, we know um, that most commonly when it comes to sporting clubs, they're usually sponsored by bars because obviously they want the sporting club to come back and spend money at said bar. Um, are you finding, uh, I guess, a, a few drop-offs in sponsors or, or harder to get fundraising in uh, while businesses are in a closed-down or, or at least having some type of economic impact due to COVID-19. Yeah, unfortunately, that was one of our biggest uh, concerns at the beginning of the season was how we were going to get uh, um, fundraising money in. I mean, we're, we're lucky that we're able to pop quite a few fundraising events on during the year. So obviously all those got cancelled this year. So the, the money that we were expecting to come in, you know, when we, we do our projections at the beginning of the year in January, we realised that, you know, we weren't going to be having the four, five, six events that brought money in. Um, but the sponsors that are normally very, very kind to us, we're obviously very cognizant that both the Kookaburra sponsors, which is Next Evolution Athletics and the Paddle Station, are two small locally owned companies. And we couldn't, um, you know, think about they were barely holding their head afloat, let alone being able to, to give sponsorship money, which we're obviously very uh, um, conscious of. So this year, it's definitely been a, a lower um, turnout for finances. Uh, but we were lucky enough that the uh, Calgary Kangaroos, uh, one of their sponsors, which is Richmond's Pub uh, in Calgary, they uh, were able to carry on. And obviously, when the pub started to open up, with their restrictions and, and guidelines in place, they were happy to, to have the kookaburras on board as well. Um, and uh, we're able to go to the, the pub and, and still have that as a sort of secondary sponsor to help us out. And technically we're helping them out too in terms of bringing um, some more players to their pub and, and, and keeping those numbers up. So yeah, that's definitely been a restriction we've had this year um, in terms of finances. Lucky enough with the players who are playing are obviously still paying their player dues, which covers AFL Canada Insurance and just being able to keep us afloat this year. So uh, next year will be interesting um, just to see where we are and, and hopefully, fingers crossed as everybody is, um, that we can um, go back to somewhat normal next year and, and try and get back back up to the top and, and getting our finances back in place. Uh, what are the restrictions like at the moment for pubs in Calgary? Because we know that quite a few clubs in the United States Australian Football League are going to take a hit this year because normally uh, when the grand final is held in late September, obviously being held in October this year, bar the start time of the grand final being moved, a, a number of cities have still got restrictions in place and, and pubs and bars are closed and those pubs and bars would normally be a place where the clubs would hold a grand final watch party and charge entry so that's a big fundraiser they get a cut of the bar takings and also it's an opportunity for Aussies that wander into that bar that don't have a club for a bit of recruitment to happen at the same time what is the situation like there in Calgary are you able to have that function or restrictions still fairly tight things are definitely um easing up compared to the beginning of COVID. We're lucky here in Calgary that um, a bylaw has been put in place where everybody has to wear a mask. So when you enter the pub, you have to be wearing um, a mask. 
Um, and then when you're sat down and you've ordered a drink or some food, then you're able to take it off. Um, they've still got capacity issues, so they can only hold a certain amount of people. Um, luckily now it's still summer, so they can use their outdoor patio um, areas. Um, so that's been able to expand their capacity outside. Uh, but uh, when when it comes to the, the AFL grand final viewing party sort of uh, that we have every year, um, September time, obviously it's colder outside, so we won't be able to go outside. But where we normally go is normally absolutely packed. You know, there's people, all sorts of people that are at the bar uh, ready to watch, you know, the big grand final. Like you say, lots of Australians that hadn't ever heard that Calgary had uh, Australian rules football. So, yeah, that will be that will be an interesting way to see uh, how things are going to move on for this year. Uh, recruitment, you know, early on and just getting our name out there. Luckily, we're, we're very vocal and active on our social media channels. So we've been able to, to try and get our name out there that way. But like you say, it's going to be... Uh, definitely different to be able to to try and recruit in in face-to-face when you're just at your sponsor bar trying to discuss why we're here and what we're celebrating and what we're watching. Link to two further questions on recruitment. You were mentioning about the rugby women coming across. Um, how many numbers did you manage to pick up crossing over from rugby into your club? And also spinning off from that, um, we've seen an increase of AFL matches being shown live on TSN in Canada. Has that piqued interest at all? Yeah, so we've been lucky enough. Um, we already had quite a tight uh uh, friendship and, and connection with one of the rugby teams the Calgary Rams here in Calgary. Uh, we were then able to, to advertise on our social media to sort of encourage rugby girls to come out and play. I'd say we'd probably had near a 10 new players just come out, have a go at training and, and see what they think of it. Um, lots of girls have enjoyed it and, and realised how similar it is uh, with rugby and, and the and the the type of uh, training that we do, which is great. So that's definitely been a, a bonus for us. Um, and then uh, in terms of uh, recruitment um, through that, that's been really, really great for us. It's good to hear that uh, you are uh, seeing people look up Aussie Rules in Calgary because of that uh, TSN coverage. And also I saw one quirky thing as well um, as a hook to try and get people in, free childcare. Yeah, so that's been something that we've been able to, to work in this year. Uh, one of the players and vice president, Trisha Rolf, she was able to reach out to Team Canada um, and uh, get a grant, um, uh, which basically encourages mothers, which Trisha is herself, um, and it's it's given us some money to pay for a um a player slash now board member um, to encourage people to come out and if you're coming to the training or a game but you didn't think that you could make it because you have childcare, uh, sorry, you have children and you need the childcare, we're there at the side of the pitch to look after your kids um, uh, just for, you know, that hour or hour and a half that you're out. Um, so you can still come out, enjoy sports, uh, and be able to, to get out and, and not feel like just because you have children, that means sort of your sporting career is over, which is definitely something that Trisha and a few other girls um, found with other sports is that, you know, once you've once you've had children, it, a lot of mothers find it hard to try and get back into the sport or just try and uh, try and have that routine where you can come and, and come to trainings and keep your fitness up. So we've been really lucky. We've had... Um, uh, the recruit, her name's Kate, and she's been able to to not only do our social media, which is encouraging girls to come out, but she's also the one who's 
um, uh, looking after the kids on the sideline, which has been really great because we've seen uh, an increase in, in people coming because they know that, you know, they can leave their kids whilst she does the free childcare. Um, same with the boys as well. Some of the, the dads have come out and been able to, to leave their kids there whilst they, you know, they're, they're still n- nearby on the field, but it means that you can concentrate on training rather than feeling like you couldn't even come out that night. So it's been a, it's been a great help and we thank Kate for all her help there. Looking ahead for 2021, as you talked about earlier, naturally you're going to have at some stage in 2021, date to be confirmed, um, your anchor tournaments such as the the Stampede Cup, the Capital Cup, the obviously, hopefully, cross fingers, will be the 2021 International Cup in Australia should borders uh, reopen. So there are three things you can semi-lock-in for 2021. Have discussions started about a a possible schedule for 2021 and possible opponents, or is it just still too far out to even contemplate, um, considering at least if we look over the border to America, uh, if their borders are going to be open or not for you, we're able to go over there and play games, or do you just have to solely focus on setting updates with Vancouver and even thinking about heading east to play uh, Toronto or uh, Quebec? Yeah, it's definitely something we're thinking about as a board. Um, we have uh, regular meetings and we just sort of try to keep up to date with the current guidelines, current restrictions. Obviously, the border for the USA and Canada is still closed and that still keeps getting extended. Um, so that makes life more difficult to try and plan um, games down in the States. Um, it's very difficult to know when we're going to be able to go there and when, when they're going to be able to come up and, and visit us and play as well. So in terms of um, playing in North America and, and having the US games, I think that will definitely have to come um, in a few months or, or later on down the line as we see what's going on with the states, with their numbers and, and the whole COVID restrictions, whether they're going to get lifted for the states. In terms of playing Vancouver, we'd love to be able to still have our Kelowna uh, tournament, which we have in June every year. Um, obviously, that still gives us uh, about eight months to sort of prepare for that still and, and, and try and get that into the calendar. Um, this year, we had everything in the calendar and then we just had to cancel it. So I feel like the best plan of action for us is to have everything locked in. And then if we do have to cancel it, which we don't want to have to do, but if that's something that um, happens with COVID, then, you know, that's just the way that we're going to have to work around it for another year. But we're keeping our fingers crossed that hopefully we can either play somewhere in Vancouver or, like you say, we can connect with our Eastern teams and, and try and get something going there um, and see maybe if we can meet in the middle or, you know, they, we go to them, they come to us, that would be fantastic because we know how strong the Ontario and Quebec teams are um, and it would be great to, to get to see them um, this year, uh, sorry, next year when uh, this year's been a bit of a... Um, a disappointment and we normally get to see them when we we head to the uh, US Nationals every year which obviously changes things Um, and then with the International Cup as well it'll be very interesting to see um, to see how the next year pans out Now before we let you go Becky the quick plug for the Calgary Kangaroos if people are looking to come down to training or watch one of your matches where are you training and playing at and most importantly where can people find you online? So we're playing at AE Cross School, which is down in the southwest of Calgary. We play, uh, sorry, we train on a Monday uh, between 6 and 7.30. And then our games, the Kookaburra's game starts at 6 p.m. on the Wednesday. And then the Kangaroos start at 7 p.m. on the Wednesday. So 
even if you've never played before, even if you've never come to a practice, feel free to come out to a game. We'll show you the ropes. We'll tell you how how um, how we play and, and hopefully that you can enjoy the game as much as we do. And we're very active on social media. So we're on Facebook, uh, Calgary Cookaburras. We're on Instagram, which is the Calgary.Cookaburras. And we're also on Twitter, the YYC Cookaburras. And we've just recently um, made a new website, CalgaryCookaburras.com. CA, which has um, everything that you need to know about us, all of our COVID updates and restrictions and regulations, uh, as well as just letting you know about the, the childcare that we're offering. And now we've just uh, entered um, a shop onto our website. So if you want to buy any Cookaburra's merchandise, you can do that as well. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a good year to be able to do all the back-end admin side of things. And uh, we're always welcoming players and, and happy to chat to people who have any questions and wanting to, to play in Calgary particularly for those that love getting footy merchandise from all corners of the globe. Uh, check out calgarycookaburras.ca to add something to your collection. Becky, thank you very much for joining us here at the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival. And we wish you and the Calgary Cookaburras all the best throughout your Fall Cup tournament. And then fingers crossed we get uh, a near full schedule for 2021. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having us on. It's been great to talk to you. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. On RSN 927's digital radio channel in Melbourne, you're listening to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast. I'm Peter Holden. Thanks for your company. It's time now for a scoreboard check. We begin our look at the Women's State Leagues by going across to the West Australian Football League Women's Competition. Over the weekend, they had Round 7, which was the final round of the shortened season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Bill Thunder, 5-5-35, defeated Claremont, 3-8-26. Subiaco, 6-11-47, defeated South Fremantle, 5-3-33. And in an intriguing one, it was a close one, East Fremantle, 3-8-26, defeated Swan Districts, 3-5-23. I say that's intriguing because what do you take out of that match considering they're set for a rematch in an elimination semi-final this weekend? Sunday, September 6th, East Fremantle, Swan Districts, 2.30pm local time at New Choice Homes Park. Loser goes home, winner goes on to the preliminary final. Meanwhile, Subiaco take on Peel Thunder, 2.30pm local time at Leaderville Oval, also on Sunday, September 6th. Winner straight through to the grand final. Loser gets a second chance. We'll back up in the preliminary final. Across the Tasmanian State League women's competition, they're in round seven of a 12-round season. Uh, on Saturday, we saw Glenorchy 4-4-28 go down to Clarence 6 4 40. North Launceston 1-2-8 were defeated by Launceston 10 10.70. Round 8 action is this Saturday. Just the one game, 9.30am at Windsor Park. You can the dew off the grass. It's Launceston versus Glenorchy, Clarence, North Launceston and the Tigers all with the bye. Across to the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division where they played round 7 of a 9-round season. In a West Magpies 4-4-28 went down to Sydney Union. A thriller 5-4-34. Southern Power 15-12, 102. Walloped the United 
Melbourne SW Eastern Suburbs Bulldogs just the three behind. Pennant Hills Demons 139 went down to the North Shore Bombers 91165. Manly Warringah Wolves 1612 were no match for the East Coast Eagles 8250. While it was a draw between the UTS Bats and Macquarie University Warriors 2315 a piece when the full-time siren went. Okie dokie to round eight action. All games on Saturday, the 5th of September. Manly Warringah Wolves versus UTS Bats. That game is at 11.50am at Weldon Oval. 3.20pm at Macquarie University. The Warriors play host of the North Shore Bombers. 3.30pm at Henson Park. UNSW Eastern Suburbs Bulldogs versus the Inner West Magpies. 4.50pm at Cambridge Oval. East Coast Eagles versus Pennant Hills Demons. And in the late game at Sydney Uni, 5.50pm. Sydney Uni playing host to the Southern Power. Across to the QAFLW competition up in there in Queensland. It's round 12 being the final round of the season. It's an intriguing one. Now, leading into it, we'll just give you the scores from uh, round 11, where Cullingatta Tweed, 9-14-68, defeated UQ Red Lions, 4-3-27. Yuronga South Brisbane, one 5 no match for Bond University, 4-6-30. Kuparu, 11-8-74, defeating Wilson Grange, 5-4-34. Uh, Maruchidor, 14-11-95, thumping absolutely no score. And I say it's an intriguing final round, because uh, in the Five to the top four. You've got three sides locked on uh, 28 points, being Maruchidor, Kuparu, and Yuronga South Brisbane. All of them actually just one win behind Kulingata Tweed, which is just hanging on to second position at the moment. They themselves are one win, but a lot of percentage behind behind Bond University at the top of the table. Uh, UQ Red Lions, Wilston Grange, and absolutely cannot make it into uh, the top four. So this is what the final round looks like. You have got at 1.45pm this Saturday, all games on Saturday, by the way, at Bean Lee, Apsley versus Coolangatta Tweed. If Coolangatta Tweed wins that, which is expected, they'll lock in uh, second spot and a double chance. Wilston Grange, they're out of the mix, but they take on Maruchidor. Maruchidor looking for a win and a percentage boost at 2pm at Wilston Grange's Hickey Park. The top of the table, Bond University host Cooperoo at 3.45pm. That is a tough challenge for Kuparu to try and win and uh, hold their spot in the top four because breathing down their necks, Yoronga South Brisbane, they take on uh, the UQ Red Lions at 4.45pm at Oakman Park. So they'll have an idea when they start their game on how Kuparu is faring against Bond University. An intriguing final round there of the Queensland Australian Football League women's competition. And that concludes your scoreboard check of the women's state leagues around Australia. And that concludes the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel in Melbourne. Carnival for yet another week. A shortened edition, but we'll be back with a full-length episode next Wednesday, 6pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. As I said, right here on RSN Carnival, which is digital radio in Melbourne. Alternatively, you can download the podcast by going to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer, the iHeartRadio website and app, or go to WARFradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just put the .com and slash at the end with WARFradio, and that's where you'll find us. I'm Peter Holden. Until next week, it's bye for now.